Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clearer than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth. May or not be funny, rude, or damn right stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance, a furious laughter, and unconditional, frivolous forgiveness. You got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the China Podcast episode number five. We're recording live from Huafa sixty eight, as always, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning. Well, Ninny. Not a Sunday morning、uh, this time, Anthony. Situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled, as I always say, between Hong Kong and the lovely Macau. I'm your host, Chris J. Bradshaw, and my co-host today, me again, Anthony Benton. Anthony Benton, and we have another special guest today, don't we, Anthony? Who is Robin? Robin, now what's your surname, Robin? Robin Azima. Robin Azima, an interesting、yeah. surname. That's an interesting surname. What's? Do you have any background on that? No, my、Robin? husband's、uh, Persian American. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's really into your favourite guy, Mr. Trump. Okay, so、um, Robin, I think the first thing today is lovely to have you here on China Jedi. First of all,、um, could you just tell us a bit about where you're from and? Why are you in China? Okay, yes, I live on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. Oh, beautiful! A beautiful place. place. Yeah, right on the beach. Lovely blue ocean, blue skies, and I come to China regularly to promote、uh, natural solutions in the way of essential oils, educate and show people how to use the oils. Interesting stuff. And I thought it was a brilliant idea to have、uh, Robin on the show. So much show, Anthony, that we pushed our special guest that was meant to be for the day onto next week. Indeed, you're so special. We changed <laughs> our other special guest, right? Just for you. I'm only here for a short time, so I guess. Yeah, snap the opportunity.、Uh-huh. Yeah, indeed. And of course, to our listeners, I think what Robin said there. We're talking about oils. Um, I'd like to talk more about them because obviously I've I've seen you over the last day and、um, you've really illuminated me into this world of natural what you say healing solutions.、Um, so of course I think a lot of people maybe don't know too much about oils when they think of oils. You're thinking about what you put in your car or maybe cook with.、Um, just give us a quick snapshot, a bit more about these oils. Where are they from? Are they from China, for example?、Um, and, and what are they actually good for? Uh, they're certified pure, therapeutic grade, so they're absolutely safe and very potent. Concentrated、mm. medicinal essential oils are very different to oils that you might just buy off the shelf that、uh, are not、uh, a really good brand. So, for for example, like rather than like an oil, as Chris says, from the for the car, which is from the ground, what are these oils? <laughs> yeah, where, where are they from? from?、Uh, yeah, 
That's right, they're from many different parts of a plant or a tree, so they can come from the roots and the stems and the nuts and seeds and flower petals and the rinds of fruits and they can be from bark, like cinnamon bark and birch and cedar wood cool. and so on. Is there any time frame on the history and the use of Essential oils, oils go back thousands and thousands Egyptians of years. Egyptians were big into this, Anthony. That's Ooh. right. They were the great uh, civilization that used essential oils in their everyday life. Mm. And there's lots of research and uh, history has recorded how the Egyptians would use essential oils for their own well-being. Wow. Yeah. Is there anyone in particular that they were like really favorable towards? Well, or? of course, frankincense uh, sure. comes to mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's an ancient oil and it's from the Middle East and it's an oil that was found um, uh, given to uh, baby Jesus in the sure. what Christian does, what, what, Bible. What does it come from? Uh, it comes from the tree. So the oh, frankincense okay. tree grows in the desert in really, really dry climate. And so um, what is known as frankincense tears are where the essential oil is extracted from. Hmm. So they cut the, the uh, tree and it bleeds these tears and becomes hard like a resin. And that's what is extracted then. Steam distilled the oils extracted wow. from those tears. There you go. You've got a full answer there, Anthony. Hey, where does frankincense Just go? one small... What, what does frankincense do for us? What's that? Uh, How does many that amazing properties in okay. frankincense. It's an antidepressant, so it helps oh. with emotion. Okay. Uh, it's an anti-inflammatory, so it can help uh, with inflammation in the body. It's also um, an oil that you can use on a cellular level, so it helps support the cells to be healthy. Wow. Uh, it's an anti-cancer, anti-tumorous um, essential oil, uh, antiviral, antibacterial. Goodness. Yeah, multi, they've got multi, multiple benefits. The thing is, Anthony, these oils, as Robin's been explaining to me over the, the, the last day or so, um, they can be used for a lot of things. And you can take them orally in, a, you know, in some water. You can rub them on parts of your body. Um, you can uh, put them in a, what, what's, yes, I like that one. And you can put them in, what's it called, a diffuser where it shoots out into a stream of um, kind of water vapour. So, well, you, you know, we actually have one sure. in the house. Um, and I've actually got one, Robin's given me one here, this um, wild orange. And you can actually, I put a drop of this in like a, a can of soda water and it turns it into a beautiful fizzy orange drink with oh, no yeah. crap inside. <laughs> and when you smell it, you smell yeah, that. Yeah, they smell amazing, don't they? Oh, I just want to glug it all down. <laughs> Close your eyes and it takes you back to somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing with oils as well, that you have to be careful with them too, right? Because they're very potent. They are, so, very concentrated. You just have to be responsible sure. with how you use them. Just one tiny drop. Yeah, but then there's, but there's a lot of crap, crap ones out there, aren't there? There are. And this <clears> is part of what I do in China, is help to educate people the difference between these particular oils that are certified pure, therapeutic mm. grade, and to the average oil that most people know about. Sure. Yeah, in, in really in, interesting stuff. So, um, okay, thank you very much. First Australian on the, uh, on the show, Anthony. Indeed. We welcome, as we did our Italian guest. Yeah, we're um, going to work our way around the world. We, yeah. Yeah, that's the China Jedi way. Um, it's time for Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. So the question for today I put to 
our lovely guest, Robin, and of course you, Mr. Benton, is this. What did you do for Valentine's Day? What did you do for Valentine's Day? Who wants to kick us off with the answer to this one? Do you want to go uh, first, Robin? Well, my husband says... Every day is a Valentine's oh, Day with me. Oh, what a me. sweet person. <laughs> what, what oils have you been giving him? And I think he said that because he wasn't home on Valentine's oh. Day. He was away <laughs> working. Yeah, absolutely. But I had a lovely group of wonderful friends who took me out for lunch on Valentine's Day. Oh, gave cool. me a lovely Valentine's card because... I'm moving house, and so right, out yes. of the area, yeah. That was back in Australia. Back in Australia. Okay, okay so um, yeah, a nice kind of romantic and loving in a friend, friendly way. What did you do, old uh, romantic? Well, funny enough, my gift for my wife was some of your oils. Ah, very <laughs> well, nice. you go. Me, Miwa um, helped me out getting those. So well done, Miwa. Did she um, like them or not? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you get what you wanted? I think so. Well, she um, she really liked the citrus. One, oh, the, it's one. a citrus bliss, right? Citrus oh, that's bliss. awesome. That one. Which, that one yeah. smells amazing. Yeah. What does that have any benefits? If oh, taken it's just orally? wonderful. Yeah, you can put it in your water. Helps alkaline the body. Okay. It's good for the digestive system. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, for mood, citruses or they all have an antidepressant. So a whole blend of citrus oils makes a very potent emotional support. Oh, I need that it, it, then after well, you're, well, of course. all my emotional distress lately. <laughs> you need it working in a challenging environment, that's for sure. But I think, you know when you smell something and it takes you back to a memory? It's linked to the, like, the limbic system, that's isn't it? That's right. The, Essential oils really stimulate our limbic system and there's a lot of research being done about that because it's a science that is actually proven and they stimulate our emotion and memory centers. Oh, yeah, they're interesting yeah. tools. Anyway, we'll talk much more about this another time. Of course, it's probably not promoting oils today at all, listeners, but um, that's fascinating. Talk to my wife. Anyway, for the rest of the day, I um, pampered her, of course, made her feel special, and took her out for a nice romantic evening meal. So Yeah, fish and chips down at the seaside. How on did this you paper. know? <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Um, okay, well, do you actually know where Valentine's Day comes from? I always kind of question these it's holidays. A I mean, Roman saint, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Robin, any, any more Valentine's? I don't know a lot about Valentine's Day, actually. In Australia, for many years, we didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. When I was growing up, it was more of an American mm. uh, holiday or celebration. So, um, but, yeah... Well, I, I did. My oh, team did a good. bit of research, as they do. <laughs> the day gets its name from, as you said, Anthony, right for once, a famous saint. <laughs> but there are several stories of who he was, of course. Uh, the popular belief about St. Valentine is that he was a priest from Rome in the 1st century AD. Emperor Claudius II had banned marriage, apparently, because he thought married men were bad soldiers. Yeah. Valentine felt this was unfair, so he broke the rules and arranged marriages in secret. It gets worse, unfortunately, when Claudius found out Valentine was thrown in jail and sentenced to death. There he fell in love with the jailer's daughter. I could see a movie about this. And when he was taken to be killed on the 14th of February, he sent her a love letter signed, From your Valentine. Ah. There you go. That explains it. Nice romantic story. (laughs) You have another version? No, I'm sure you'd be wanting to know what I did on Valentine's, wouldn't you? Absolutely. What did you do? Okay. Well, uh, I don't think we did much, actually. I had to look after the kids. I think uh, me and my wife had to do a dance class or 
or something. But anyway, that's what the doting husband does, isn't yes. it? Um, it's time to move on to Guess Who, my favourite. We've got to remember. Okay, so back with the Guess Who game, where I give you some interesting facts about a famous Chinese person. I think we need to change the name of this to Anthony Doesn't Have a Clue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that would actually work very well. Anthony still to not get one right, of course, listeners. But oh, maybe I, I got Kung Fu Panda. You did, actually, with the help of my four-year-old son. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Robin, hopefully, maybe if you put your brains together today and maybe add a few oils onto your skin, you could come up with the right answers. We will see. Are you ready, then, for the first few clues? So, this person is a Virgo dragon. Yeah? And a famous Chinese entrepreneur who is the founder and executive chairman of a family of successful internet-based businesses. Uh, Whoa. Born September the 10th, 1964, so he's about 52 years of age, in Hangzhou, China. Got a nice lake in uh, Hangzhou. Where's your favourite place, by the way, Robin, in China that you've... Uh, I like it here. In Zhuhai, yeah. it's nice, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um... Now everybody knows that China Jedi is based in Juha. Thanks for <laughs> revealing our Jedi secrets. Um, net worth of this man, um, not bad, 28.3 billion US dollars. Can you take your fingers out of your mouth, Anthony? Oh, okay, I've got it. I was, was trying so hard to rack my brains there. And I don't say anything. I think I have it now. There's more clues. We always go, we give you an extra clue at the end. Listeners can think about it. I'm sure they may have got it. Two, education. Chung Kong Graduate School of Business and Hangzhou Normal University. And get this, his hobbies, Tai Chi and Kung Fu novels. Ooh. Mm. Personal, uh, personal life and legacy. He was born to parents, um, clearly, uh, who were involved <laughs> in a profession of storytelling through music. You know I like to give you clues here. Yeah? Good clues. Since a really young age, the lad was very keen on gathering knowledge about English and tried his best to communicate better in the language. His passion to be a better speaker used to even drive him to a hotel located near his residence, which was frequented by foreigners. Now he's married to a lady called Jiang Ying, and our Chinese listeners, maybe they've got that now straight away, um, and they have a son and daughter. He met his wife when they were studying at Hangzhou Normal University. They married shortly after graduating in the late 1980s. They both began working as teachers. Um, Robin, any ideas so far? Mm. I'm sorry, not from me. <laughs> well, to give you a bit of inspiration, this person was one of the world's greatest living examples, or is, he's still alive, of entrepreneurship today. Mm. He left no stone unturned to rise above the humble conditions and achieve success. One of the first steps he took in this regard was to improve his communication skills by learning English, as we just said. He's one of the first few individuals who saw internet as a business opportunity, even at the time when the rest of the world didn't believe in his thoughts. And finally, after starting his first venture using a mere 20,000 US dollars, the entrepreneur earned about $800,000 in a matter of just three years. Yeah. Wow. Clever guy or lucky guy or both? I guess you put well, both I think in when there. someone becomes hugely successful, there's always a little bit of luck, right? Always, Anthony. But I mean, of course, he's obviously a smart guy and came up with a really good idea. So you can't, yep. you can't put it all down to luck, can you? But you certainly go for everyone who's successful. There's always someone along the way that's helped them. No one yeah, ever does the it right, on their own. The right place at the right time. Now, some of his famous quotes, Robin. Never give up. Today is hard. Tomorrow will be worse. But the day after tomorrow will be sunshine. 
hooking up, very nice, positive. And the last one, before I left China, I was educated that China was the richest, happiest country in the world. So when I arrived in Australia, I thought, oh my God, everything is different from what I was told. Since then, I started to think differently. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm guessing you're a little bit warm. I think so, but I have to admit, there's there's only one very famous, like, Chinese entrepreneur linked to the internet that I know, so <laughs> he's the only name I'll be able to throw out there. Just remember, so I, I Kung Fu, right. Tai Chi, good at English, went to Australia. Mm. I don't actually know that many facts about him. I know some, but... As always, we'll come back to this yes. at the end. We shall see later, see oh, if I'm right. Clues. Okay, um, well, as always, it's time for Dway for Dway. Because this is just the way it's meant to be. Dwayne for Dwayne, Anthony, um, would I like to explain to uh, Robin from down south? Dwayne for Dwayne, that means correct, not correct in Chinese, or right, not right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like us saying true or false in English. So yeah. Chris is going to give us a fact and we have to figure out whether or not it's true or false. <laughs> Dwayne for Dwayne. This is another one that Anthony has not so far got correct either. <laughs> well, seriously, it's well, kind of. Chance. I was always on the right track, right? But... As always, Anthony. Sort of not quite there. Okay, so um, here is the Dwayne Dway fact of the week then. I'll put it to you now. Every time you lick a stamp, you're consuming a tenth of a calorie. Every time you <laughs> lick a stamp, you're consuming a tenth of a calorie. Now, we've been thinking about that, haven't you? Not glue, calorie. A, a, a calorie. Interesting. Concept? I wonder or what fact. The, the gum's made of. A sugary sort of substance that gives you calorie intake. <laughs> it must be, I guess, if it's giving you... <laughs> Interesting. It's so bizarre, oh, you would rude, like to it? say correct. Half a calorie. But... Well, it uh, could be tricky in your course. It could be absolutely poppycock. Yeah, because really... I'm trying hmm. to think how much energy there is in a calorie, because calories is all to do with... Oh. Energy, right? I'm so. interested, yeah. In, in Australia, Robin, do you have stamps that you lick, like in England? We lick them in England. Well, now they have the stamps that are automatically okay to stick, oh, right? Just sticky ones. Yeah, big. sticky you ones. Peel you peel them, them off. Oh, that's clever, but, isn't it? I mean, oh, I, I remember growing up with the little sponge in the post office. Well, the sponge is it. You wouldn't want to lick a stamp in China, would you, Anthony? Oh, oh like, in, Robin so brings then, up an interesting fact there that you have, like, you see, you know, the, the old tellers that used to work in a post office and they have the little yeah. sponge yeah. so is that why they had it because yeah. if they were having to lick stamps all day would yeah. they be obese yeah it was also <laughs> from all the galleries <laughs> for the public would use the little sponge too just... uh, hang on sorry do you, can, remember uh, the fact was consuming a tenth of a calorie you shouldn't become obese if you're licking stamps if that's true no i'm it saying be... like the uh, people that worked in the post office that have the sponge you know if they're doing stamps all day long for people <laughs> if they had to lick them <laughs> Would they end up becoming fat? Well, no, because as I said, they're burning the calorie by licking it. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's burning the calorie as opposed to gaining the calorie. So the act of licking actually is... Burning up, yeah, so becoming thin. It could be a new way of bringing down. I thought you meant you actually consume the calorie from the stamp. Whatever way you want to look at it, it will work. The energy burned from raising, peeling off a stamp... Lifting your arm up to your mouth, right. sticking out your tongue, yeah. is actually 
Whether or not you need Burning to use your energy. hand or not is another thing. But in China, they don't use... Uh, you don't lick a stamp. Um, they actually give you a pot of glue. Ah. Um, it's the most funniest thing. So you get a pot of glue and you whack it on the stamp and you stick it down. There's glue everywhere, all over the envelope and all over your hand. But I, I once went to the stamp to put my uh, uh, tongue up to it and they went, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> And of course it's a hygiene thing. And I, and yes. I think that's quite yeah, yes. reasonable. I didn't think about that before. I guess... The amount of people that must have handled the stamps by the time it gets to your mouth. I've never thought of that before. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to lick someone else's stamp, would you, Anthony? Not really. Absolutely not. So then, what, what do we think? Gen- generally it's a... don't oh, want to well. lick other people's things, no. I would say... Uh, <clears throat> I would say not correct. Okay, we've got a, a boudoir there. From Are you going to go in together and have a tag <laughs> team I'm going to join forces with Robin... <laughs> Okay, so this is the the fact for today is um, every time you lick a stamp, you're consuming a tenth of a calorie. Um, is it true or false? And the answer is it's absolutely true. Oh, <laughs> there we go. You are indeed. You let me astray, Robin. <laughs> Will I ever get one right? Have I never got one right? You've I'm never sure got, got one right. I'm on a good streak at the moment. And of course, all good things come to an end. Now, I'm looking forward to this uh, uh, section, Anthony. It, of course, is the China Jedi. Topic time, people. Ting badong, you got it all right. So then, the question of the week for China uh, Jedi topic time has been sent in by a, another man. Well, we picked it from uh, this man, because it's a, quite a good one, I think. Uh, from a Mr. Tony Benetton. Yeah. Uh, Tony Benetton, who's also from from England. <laughs> it sounds very like... It's not related to me, is it? <laughs> Quite possibly <laughs> so. Now, let's look at the question that, that Mr Benetton sent in, Anthony and uh, Robin. The question is, to discuss, why is it so difficult as a foreigner to make good money in China? Why is it so difficult as a foreigner to make good money in China? And I will put this to my lovely guests. Ah. Let's start digging in with this one. This is a right. good question. Well, it's a good one for you, yeah, Robin, because well, you come to China to make money. So, Well, mainly, yeah, and, and indirectly, I guess, yeah. So, um, I guess our culture, culture is really important and very different here. They think differently, the Chinese people, of course, compared to us Australians. Um, so Chinese people are very hard to read. I normally can read people quite easily, but I find them a little difficult because you don't quite know what they're thinking. Closed books as opposed mm, to open ones. Yes, and they don't quite express themselves on yeah, that level. They, are, they do like to suppress their emotions. Because, mm, you know, in Australia, they'll tell you, wow, what do you, they'll give you feedback, you know, sure. as you're going through a presentation <coughs> or an education class and ask questions. And oftentimes they'll be very, very quiet and you don't have a clue what they're thinking or if they're enjoying it. Or So I think that's one obstacle well one thing that's just come to mind actually guys yeah that, that's interesting Robin it, I, first of all this question um, and its answers involve I guess a certain point of perspective here um, the term good money 
um, sure. I think could mean very different things to very different people, right? Absolutely. I think also this question touches many areas that um, throughout our podcast, uh, podcast episodes, Anthony, we will, I guess, indeed go over and debate again. Because um, let's be honest, this question, I guess, philosophically all boils down to differences. Yeah? So you've mentioned one of the challenges, which is culture. And that's a massive one. I mean, that's a, that's a series of episodes all in itself. Well, yeah, trying to start a business in China can be a huge obstacle because, as Robin points out, you know, the differences in the way we think... Excellent point, I think, mm. there, yeah. Is, ...can be, you know, hugely different. And no so, one's wrong or right here. It's just a different no, way. exactly. Sure. Just different. Yeah. Anthony, for example, um, a lot of Chinese don't like sunshine. In fact, cover themselves up and don't go out in the midday sun. Mad dogs and Englishmen, of course, like ourselves, love the sunshine. Um, that's one huge difference, I find. Another one is, I'm not too into the old chicken feet. Well, I'm a vegetarian, but when I wasn't, I wasn't too much into eating chicken feet, but I did like a bit of chicken breast. <laughs> now, of course, here, I think most, a lot of the Chinese would go more for the chicken feet as opposed to the nice breast for no bone-in. So things are very, very uh, different, and I actually say a lot of the time, opposites. So yeah, I think within culture, there's tons of uh, certain interesting... Culture definitely brings up barriers. Oh, one that comes to my communication. Sure, absolutely. The way they respond to what you're wanting to know. Yeah, I think that, but first of all, very first of all, the the language. Mm. Um, I think when you live in a place like Juhai, there's not too many English speakers here. um, So you really need to learn... Chinese, um, yeah. as we do, and of course Anthony is an absolute linguist, Jedi master. <laughs> but even so, you still have problems, Anthony, in the communication front, just because of different, you know, perceptions. Exactly. Well, yeah, because of the way of thinking, you know, even yeah. if you speak the language, your mind isn't relating what you're thinking to words in the same way. So even though you can actually speak to each other, you're not thinking about things in the same way. So, yeah, trying to find common ground can be quite taxing at times. Mm. Also makes it exciting, of course. Indeed. That's why probably people like us who are here for the long run now. It's fun. fun It's definitely fun. But talking about relativity, of course, and like you were saying about, you know, what's your perspective of what's a good salary. I thought I meant the theory of it, then. (laughs) (laughs) That's another subject. Apparently Einstein wasn't always cracked up to be, but that certainly is another theory. Relativity actually has been poo-pooed, but... That's for some other episode. Carry on. <laughs> so, it, if you're comparing it to the rest of Asia, China actually pays pretty well compared to many Asian countries. Their salaries for foreigners are actually quite high. Uh, I actually looked at some statistics. They're actually from 2015, so they're a little bit dated. The research team sent you that, or you did your own personal? Yeah, yeah, they, sent, they gave it to me and I was just mulling it through. But Excellent. the one thing that struck me was... Uh, in 2015, China climbed to fourth place in the Asia-Pacific region for middle managers above Hong Kong. Mm. They actually paid more than Hong Kong for middle managers, an average of $276,000 a year. And that, I think, is actually a, quite a respectable wage. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I think, professionals... I know from my business, you know, doctors and things like what you call, you know, high professionals um, probably wouldn't want to come maybe to some places like China because of the amounts of challenges that it does have. And uh, I guess Hong Kong, uh, compared to China, is very different um, <coughs> lifestyle living, I would believe, from yeah. not just my perception, but from many I've 
I've met. Yeah, that's interesting, Auntie. And also what comes along with them as well is uh, benefits. If you go to what's classed as a tier one city in China, like Beijing or Shanghai, you actually get a lot of benefits. For example, accommodation. Sending your kid to a school. You get a dorm, they they dorm sometimes give you a company car. Sorry. Accommodation in a dorm, is that? <laughs> wow, not for these high-ranking managers, I wouldn't have thought. And all your utilities paid. So all of that on top of your salary, you know, gives you a, quite a comfortable life. Yeah, I, I think Mr. Benetton maybe was shooting more towards not the corporate salary, you yeah, know, sure, people that come in for three, other... three years, four years. Yeah, possibly travelling like... and... Uh, an entrepreneurial stuff. Remember, we're talking about in our guests who today are an entrepreneur. It's more the people that come here and start businesses and things sure. like that, which we know a lot of, of course. Now, one thing on that tier city thing, Anthony, that that stoked something in my mind is another challenge I think for becoming successful here as a foreigner is I think the markets that maybe we're used to from where we come from and perhaps not so developed. Um, and, and, and I'd like to say. This is very dependent on location. And I think what I found, and now I work, of course, with uh, Shenzhen companies, is that there is a marked difference in people working in business in Shenzhen to people I've dealt with in Zhuhai. I have to say that. Now, of course, I'm, I'm being very generalised here in the people I've mm -hmm. dealt with, but I do see a big difference um, in my work colleagues over in Shenzhen. There does seem to be, it's a big city. Um, I think there's more, there does seem to be more that kind of go-to business mentality in there which is what these big cities are built upon yeah sure. go-getters mm -hmm. that, that want to get better in their life and mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure i'd want to live in a huge shiny city unless it was orientated for money the lifestyle there's too much concrete and too many people too many cars it's too stressful for me personally of course these cities have wonderful places as well you know like temples and parks and what have you right but but building I, a business, I guess, this is what you're saying, sure. building a business, you've got more that mentality that's different. Even in Australia, people that live in a city are sort of more open to different concepts and they seem to have that ability to look, you know, be prepared to look. Mm, sure. Where someone from a little country town might be a little bit more closed-minded. Mm. Does that happen here in China, in your experience? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would say, compared Zhuhai to Shenzhen, Zhuhai's a, a village, mm. and uh, Shenzhen is a, a sure, proper, yeah. it's the fastest growing yeah. city in China. There's huge differences mm. in, in thoughts and beliefs and attitudes, I think, in the, in yeah. the, biz, in the business world. Well, and if you go out into the countryside of China, then even more so, because they're yeah. very closed off to yeah. the rest of the world. So I mean, you, right. you're, you're, you've been here coming in and out of China for about four years mm -hmm. on your yeah. um, business with these uh, great, fantastic oils. What's been your trend? Cause have you just been based largely in Zhuhai? Uh, mainly in this area because my connections and contacts and, and people that had already started using the oils were in this area. So I have been to Beijing uh, once or twice and had little classes there but yeah I think it's definitely easier in bigger cities is it the network and I is think that the, 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 their salaries um, yeah. are bigger aren't they so they have that more ability to spend more money on things that are more sort of in their minds luxury yeah absolutely which brings up another point as well with geography um, of course if you're in Shanghai the cost of living is very high 
apartment renting and stuff like that, food, eating out. But again, all relative in respect so, to the salary they earn. Sure. Uh, but I um, hear what you're saying, accommodation yeah. is. Um, but um, Robin, you obviously very successful at what you do, mm-hmm. very high up in the, in the company of doTERRA. Um, did we mention doTERRA, by the way? It's Latin for... Gift to the Earth. Gift to the Earth. It's the biggest um, essential oils company in the world. Which can mean, oh gosh, they're big. They must be, you know, raping our planet. But absolutely not. It's no. really interesting. Please go to DoTerra. D O T E R R A. Yeah, find out more about it. But I know you've been. You're in a lot of markets and travel around the world. What's been? I mean, would you say China's one of your most successful ones compared to the other ones? And just give us a little clip of that. Uh, no, not not really. And you know, I think that to be really successful in China, ideally, would be to stay here for a period of time. You know, and to really, because Chinese people, in in my experience, um, they need to be able to trust you. They don't automatically have a trust sure. like Westerners can. You know, we we sort of seem to be a little bit different in that respect. So, um, ideally, it would be to stay for a period of time. Where for me, I'm just coming for a couple of weeks and then going a couple of times a year yeah. and just helping to support the people and educate those members and people that are already using the oils and that's an expat mainly that's, community. That's, that's interesting. So you'd say a big barrier here for you is trust. For the Chinese people, I think huh. so. Which mm. kind of makes sense because, with no disrespect to China of course, but they are the king of copies. Right, and there's a lot of fake things here. There's a lot of Correct. people here, and of course there are, of course, a lot of good people here. But there's an awful lot of people here that will cheat you in any way they can. So that's why I assume there's the trust barrier there, is because they're used to their own culture and they know there are many, many, many people that are willing to do anything for money and sell you something that's real or not. So mm-hmm. I guess you have to prove yourself in China and earn that trust and show yeah. them that you are being genuine. And build those relationships. Yeah, well, would you trust the... I mean, if you're a Chinese person, we're in China, they look at you and they look at the other person who's Chinese, who would you initially go for and trust? Would it be you? As a Chinese person, yeah. sorry, if they were looking at a foreigner or a Chinese person. I wouldn't trust you to do anything. <laughs> well, no, see, that's interesting because in some ways, I think an awful lot of people would possibly choose the foreigner well this is it i mean the beside they like to see the foreign face mm. they, f- they think they're yeah. well also because uh-huh. they associate with foreign products with being possibly more reliable and yeah. maybe original whereas yeah. they know in china there's a lot of fake things so yeah. they might be more inclined to trust the foreigner mm. so it's a good, um, good question yeah. so it, it okay. depends on you know what it is if it's a personal issue then maybe they might trust the chinese person but if mm. it's a product they might be more inclined to trust the foreigner. I think for me it's more about trusting what that oil can do that's different to what's already here in China that it's got to be about the product they're a little bit suspicious yeah they're a little bit suspicious of because our oils are pretty amazing right and so they're a little bit suspicious of what you're saying they're not quite sure if that's really you know going to work because it seems one little drop can help a certain Mm. issue yeah they've used oils before that oftentimes have been 
contaminated with synthetics and right. they're toxic and they've used them and they haven't really had a good experience. Well, with Chinese medicine, I know having tried it with doctors, they give you like hundreds of different ingredients which you chuck into a pot and you have to boil up this mm -hmm. pot for like an hour and drink down like a couple of mugs full of this awful tasting treacly stuff. So you're saying you can do it in one drop? Well, yeah, drinking the, gallons of medicine, yeah, I yeah. can see why there might be the conflicting It's just a new approach, yeah, it's just a very new approach. Uh, yeah, I tell you what though, Anthony, I wouldn't trust you if you were selling hair regrowth oil. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, going on, sorry, I had to put that one in, listeners, of course you can't see Anthony. Um, and my poor lack of hair. Your poor lack of hair, that suits you. Handsome chap of his beard. Um, anyway, moving on. So again, I'm just thinking about your business. It's very network based, you know, the oils, that's, that's how they, they get to market and um, people use them and see how beneficial they are. And they tell other people about it and it spreads like that. Now there's a thing in China called Guangxi. Have you heard of that before? No. Now, Guan Anthony, of course, you know what Guangxi is, the network. Now, mm -hmm. so it's who you know. Yes, it's who you know. Now this is a very... Oh, so, yes, I understand that. This yes. is a very important Chinese business element. It literally mm. means relationships, that mm. word guangxi. Um, it stands for any type of relationship. Now, in the Chinese business world, however, it's also understood as the, um, the network of relationships among various parties that cooperate together and support one another. Um, now, funny enough, I, I did a look at the Chinese characters on this, Anthony. Because if you've got Guangxi in, in China, uh -huh. whether you're foreign or Chinese, you, you're going to be more successful. Yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Um, I did look at the, the Chinese on this, and the first one, Guan, um, is, uh, means to turn off, okay? And then the second character, Xi, the fourth tone, Xi, is system. Turn off system. And I find that quite interesting, because if you turn off the system of your Guangxi, it means you can get around the system, doesn't it? Well, exactly, like I uh, saying, right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. Turn off system. So that, I quite like interesting, that. Yeah. So it doesn't mean relationships really at all. It means just literally get, turn off. getting round the rules and <laughs> the system. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay, moving on because I think again I'd love to talk loads about this topic, but the listeners, you know, they've got things to do, um, and they know this pod's probably about fifty-five to one hour long. So let's move along. Let me just give a few other bullet points that I think came out from our researchers, and of course we talked about this um, before the show a little bit, Anthony is that maybe foreigners find it hard to make good money in China because they don't take enough time or pay enough respect to the local business culture. You know, I know many foreigners I met that think his or her way is the way, and if it's not, it's the highway. But that's, uh, I think, certainly a point to mention there. And of course, there are indeed many successful foreigners living or working out in it, it, here, earning so-called good money. I think we have to say that. It's not all of our foreigners, like Mr. Benetton, that seems to be having some issues at the moment. Um, and, and so the opposite can be the case. And what they all have in common, I think, unsurprisingly, is a strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, the stamina to stay with it. Now, as you said, uh, Robin, all of the people I know, and I have to say most of them, you know, the, the minority, have been here a long time. Mm -hmm. We're talking 10, 15 years. They've, they've put their hard work, you know, they've got their hands dirty. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I wonder if Mr... Benetton's well, like, saying. like the Chinese saying is, be like that of water, right? Go with the go flow. Go with the flow, mm -hmm. yeah. Because if you don't in China, you're going to break. 
You yeah. have to be able to f- be flexible. And I think enjoy. that's a great saying. Yeah. It's a good, good rule for life, yeah. right? Yeah. Water's my role model, Anthony. <laughs> um, and of course, a lot of these other fit with these successful people I've spoke to in China, they've been here a long time. They've always had a bit of luck on the way. Of course, mm-hmm. you say you make your own luck, which I'm a little bit of a believer in too. Um, now, off of that point, another uh, thing we could say is, is it not also tough for Chinese people too to make good money in China. That's not it's not just for the foreigners. It's uh, competitive. Well, it's, t- it's tough for anyone anywhere in the yeah, world these absolutely. days. Absolutely, there's so many people now. And I guess I I would say for foreigners here, it might be a bit harder than say if we we're back in England, but the stakes are higher. And I think that's why a lot of us are in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities in China for sure, and a lot of fake ones too, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who can make a fake egg and sell it? Oh, my I goodness. think that person should be on the creative team, heading the creative team for yeah, Apple yeah. or Microsoft or Google. Yeah, creating a fake egg. Imagine management eat, how many management meetings they had and went right, through that concept. Know, isn't it easier just to own some chickens? <laughs> yeah, well, how much effort would you put in to make a fake egg? <laughs> Indeed. Again, of course, is it really all about money? And do they like Easter? Bunnies, maybe. These fake egg people. Do they have bunnies in China? Hmm. I think so. <laughs> they must do. That's a question of a week. Um, <laughs> but is it, Anthony, I was thinking about this myself. Is it really all about money? And I, I take myself, perhaps I don't earn millions here that I could maybe in England, um, but my quality of life, or as I call it, QOL, is much better than in the West, um, I would say. Would you go with me on that? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot easier in many ways to live in China. Costs of living, so many things are cheaper. Well, that's risen a lot, hasn't so, it? It's, well, it's going up for sure, but it's still, I think, there's many things you can do here that you can't in the West. Yeah. Like you could easily eat dinner out every night if you wanted to. And if you did that in England, it would cost a fortune. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, things that they could put into food, and if you want to eat out all the time. But anyway, that's <laughs> choose, <laughs> choose wisely. So, yes. for the gutter oil. In conclusion, then, I think, Tony, who sent this interesting question in, um, it's difficult because wherever you are in the world, it is on average difficult to make good money, I think. You've got to. Oh. Difficult in the sense that you have to work hard, of course, as we've said, focus on your goals and have an unwavering desire to succeed. But I would say China is certainly perhaps a bit more difficult due to many of the reasons, of course, Robin, you've highlighted, and Anthony and myself today. But there's always swings and roundabouts to Mm. this. Um, And there's one example I actually just come up into my head. Now, perhaps in the UK, for example, it may be easier to go from A to B. Okay, it might just be easier. You always say, oh, China can't do the simple things easily, like in, in England, for example. But in China, if you have the right contacts, network and Guangxi, you can actually go straight from A to D and miss out B and C altogether, which is an interesting point. It's like a streamlined fiber optic channel where you can turn off the system. Sometimes you can go from A to Z. Yeah, and all the way back again in the same day. (laughs) (laughs) So, Anthony, I would stick with it, Tony. That's what we'd recommend. Stick in there. Don't be put off by the alphabet. (laughs) Stay positive. Anything else you want to say on that, Robin? Um, No, I think that is absolutely good points. Some good points there. Okay, that's yeah. a little bit. And good luck to you, Robin, oh, with your you. future endeavours in yeah. China. Well, she's not going yet. It's time to learn a bit of Chinese. <laughs> Jingle jangle jongle. I wanted to make it real simple. 
Okay then, so Robin, before you go, Anthony pushing him out the studio door. Uh, we've still got a bit of time to go. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't need me to joke or anything. It, it's time for a bit, of, a little bit of Chinese. Uh, how, how's Chinese? No, no good. Non-existent. No. Well, this might be a good one for your business. So you need to learn Timberdong. Yeah, oh, that you know, one I you know sort of know, one, and Niha. Yeah. Timberdong. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, Timberdong. Very useful in China. Yeah. <laughs> don't take the content for other episodes away here, Mr. Benton. Um, now, okay, this little thing we're going <laughs> to today is good for you when you scare people. Yeah, especially little Chinese children. No, I mean, you've used this term a lot, Anthony. It's conjuring up an image, isn't it? Scare a lot of Chinese children, the Eucharist. Or you'd use this phrase if you're not making good money, as Tony perhaps isn't, and you need to cool your friend down. Um, so, here we go then. Have you heard of this one? Bie pa. Bie pa. Okay, bie pa. Don't scared. Yes, that's... Uh, so, basically, we have the, the two characters, bie and pa, uh, first tone and fourth tone. Now, yeah, is um, do not, yeah, don't, and pa is afraid. So we've got don't, don't, don't and, be afraid, yeah, don't so be scared, don't be afraid. You can also say bu yao pa, um, don't, uh, no, don't want, afraid. So uh, I, I use this a little bit when, because you know when a foreigner, a little Chinese person, Xiao sees a big hairy foreigner. They start to get a bit scared. So, yeah, pa, yeah, pa. Always a, a good one. Perhaps from your oils, um, when someone says, you know, a bit worried, I just say, don't be scared. <laughs> of course, when I'm walking down the street with Chris, I say exactly the opposite to the Chinese. <laughs> I tell them to be afraid and yeah. run away. Quite possibly true. I might get my Jedi skills out and battle against your, your Sith, Sith ones. Your yeah. Sith skills. <laughs> so, um, how do you say that again, Nancy, for, for Robin? Yeah, pa. Yeah, yeah, pa. Yeah, pa. Yeah, well, one more time. Look at that Australian, beautiful. Yeah, pa. Yeah, pa. Although I, I generally hear Chinese saying bupa more. Bupa. I think bupa, which is no, bu is no, whereas bier is don't. Yeah, you can say bia pa, but they always they always chop things off, don't they? It's fast food. Well, it's like any language, right? It's slang, and people generally tend to streamline language and say the easiest thing they can say. So. Australians do it really well. Yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> listeners, um, bie pa, uh, don't be afraid of what's coming next because it's the great joke of Zhongguo. Okay then, it's China joke time, people. Um, are you ready for this week's one? This mm -hmm. is Robin where Chris actually tells us a Chinese joke. Okay. So these are actually Chinese jokes, okay. not Western jokes. Yeah. Okay. And he translates yes. them All into right. English for us. So uh -huh. interesting. Thank you, Anthony, my esteemed <laughs> co-host. Here we go then. A man suspected his wife of seeing another man. Mm. As you do. Valentine's Day and that. So he hired a famous Chinese detective called Mia Luxi Yu. <laughs> um, to watch and report any activities that might develop. A few days later, he received this report. Okay, so a report from the Chinese detective called Mia Look See You. Okay, most honourable sir, he writes, you leave house, he come house, I watch, he and she leave house, I follow, he and she get on train, I follow, he and she go in hotel, 
I climb tree, look in window. He kiss she, she kiss he. He strip she, she strip he. He play with she, she play with he. I play with me, fall out of tree, not see. <laughs> <laughs> no fee. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> Yeah, I think in very much Valentine keeping. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of doubting the origin of that being in China. China. Mm. I want to turn you from a doubter to a believer, that. Anthony. Jedi, Sith of the Week. <laughs> oh, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting, we chat, waiting me. Okay, so Jedi Sith of the Week, where we give somebody who's been our Jedi this week, someone we've come into contact with. Um, with good love and positive vibes, and then we give our Sif of the week someone that's really pissed us off. Uh, where are we going to go with this? Anthony, kick me off today with your Jedi or Sif. Okay, uh, there's a lovely. Uh, it was come to my attention uh, actually. A, a, a police officer, Brown, wrote. Oh, an don't email start to me. another police officer. No, no, no. I was written to because it was brought to my attention that my Sif of the week for the past two podcasts was a police officer. So I, I feel this week I should redeem myself. Oh, get on with it. And the Jedi of the week is a lovely lady called Mrs. Joe. She is a police officer that works in the community around here. And she a she, detective. <laughs> She's been invaluable to me because of uh, the issues I'm having with a business partner at the moment. She's been very, very helpful in smoothing things over. Miss Joe, so, excellent. Miss Joe, thank you, oh, yeah. nice police one, officer Joe. Joe. Uh, my Sith of the week is a housing agent because, of course, I'm renting an apartment here. He was um, helping us find a new place, but this guy was playing us off with the landlord. He was telling the landlord one thing and telling us another thing getting the whole thing mixed up and we contacted the housing agent and it turns out he doesn't actually even work for them. Oh. So <laughs> this cheeky monkey, this Sith, mm. was somehow trying to manipulate us both, get money out of both of us and cause trouble. So this, mm. I don't know his name, unfortunately. Well, let's, but, call, him, let's call him Sithius. Sithius Wang. Sithius Wang. Sithius Wang. Sithius Wang, you are yeah. the Sith this of the week. Housing agent, screw you. Yeah, indeed. Blighter. It could only bloody happen to you, couldn't it, Benton? <laughs> okay, um, Robin, if you want to come in this, anyone lighten your light up this week? Life up, sorry. Uh, gosh. It's always Probably. a tough one, isn't it, the good people? <laughs> huh? Probably my, what I spoke about was uh, my Valentine's Day or my lovely friends. Treating me. Oh, a group. A, I like that. A group of Jedi. Yeah, yeah, they were very sweet. And I can't think of anybody who's really upset no, me in the recent... Anything in the news? Or... Mm, oh, in the news. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, oh. here we go. Mm. Quick, quick, Ben. Um, the Catholic Church. <gasps> Ooh. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay, why Any is that? Any particular reason? Oh, well, maybe it's a little bit controversial. Oh, come on, we like Just about uh, what's happening in Australia with there's an inquisition, uh, an inquiry about what's been happening with um, different abuse within the Catholic Church. So. And then this goes down to young yeah, children. Young mm-hmm. children, I'm sure, and things like this. Yes, yeah, so. yeah. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Well, these things I think are all coming to light. The wound yeah, is seeping strange. out. Yeah. There does seem to be a lot of news about Anthony, that. I don't want your rant about Catholicism, <laughs> anything like that now. We are not going off-world today. Um, okay, my uh, Jedi of the week, um, I'm sorry to be a total prat, is myself. 
Yeah, I had a few people line up. Really? Yeah, I just thought for once. Why not? Oh, yeah, yeah. And do you know bloody why? Why It's not putting up with you. Um, It's, uh, I've been on a cleanse, as you know, to get rid of um, a little bit of belly fat after the debauchery of Christmas and Chinese New Year and all these friends and family coming out. I've been on seven, I'm still on it, but I did two days of no eating food. It's one of my reset fast programs and it's not easy um, when you have friends coming around that my wife invites for food. Are you allowed to eat today? I'm allowed to eat today. I'm on my, I'm still on my non-starchy lunch, vegetables. Well, you know, I'll be a pain in the ass as I am normally. Um, mayo rumour, you know. Mayo. Are you feeling good for it? I'm feeling fantastic. I've lost yeah. four and a half kilos in two weeks. Not that I probably need to, just in case the viewers, the viewers, the listeners are thinking I think I'm massive. That, I think most <laughs> of that came out of his big head. <laughs> well, squeeze me back now. Anyway, that's my jello of the week. Oh, come on, uh, I'll pat myself on the back no one else will. Yeah. No, thank you, Robin. Um, uh, now, my SIF, it's got to be my 595-page bloody medical dictionary. I'm having to translate <laughs> Chinese into English and then do a, um, a, a speakover for, for, for the company I work with. Um, absolute bloody nightmare having to do this. You just wouldn't believe it. Um, and that's it. That's my SIF of the week. An online... An evil medical book. An evil, an evil medical dictionary. It's difficult to turn Chinese into English, first of all, but at least in medical terminology as well. Yeah. Um, it makes it even more difficult. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, that is big work, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Okay, it's time to get back into that famous Chinese person for the guess who answer. <laughs> We've got to remember... Okay then, so here we go, Anthony. Uh, you are—you um, <laughs> really are looking like you've got it this week. I have to say. Maybe. Um, <laughs> do we need any extra clues, Robin? I'm thinking you probably do. Why not? Mm. Give us another clue. Let's have another one. Because it always helped me in the past. Well, listeners, if you don't get this, there's something wrong with you. Um, it is the e-commerce based venture. Alibaba, which he founded in the early 2000s, catapulted this entrepreneur to global fame. The revenue earned by the film has helped him reach the zenith of success and made him the richest man in China. Did you know that? This is the richest man now. He even co-founded a few other similar ventures, which were also successful to a great extent. One of these was the e-commerce website called... Taobao. Not Daobao, as our yes. last Taobao. esteemed special guest thought it was. <laughs> he, also, uh, he also has been a recipient of many awards over the years, a few of these including featuring in world-renowned magazines such as Forbes, Times and others. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I've seen some interviews of him. He's quite, he's quite a character, actually. We've got our team again him maybe lined up for episode 100 um, when we get to that zenith for China Jedi. So... Yes, Jack Ma, please join us. Mr. Jack Maher, thank you very much. Hey, Robin, did you know about that before our co-host blurted in with the answer? Well, you're going to ask me anyway, right? (laughs) I guess I'm right then. No, I didn't realise, I sort of didn't realise it was him. Yeah, Mr. Jack Maher. So I am correct? You are actually right, yeah, well done, Anthony. You've got it right for once. Um, good. Yes, it's very good. Um, Good for him, not for me, but um, never mind. (laughs) I'm the Jedi of my week. He's also called Ma Yun, just in case. uh, This is Chinese there. They call him Jack, obviously. Jack. Yun. Yun. Okay. I didn't know his Chinese name actually. Well, I'll tell you what, Robin, um, before we introduce the last Emperor's Song of the Week, always original music, it's really been absolutely lovely having you here. Anthony, do you know what? I think we've got forgot one little thing today, I've just been told by our team. I think, right? Yeah, the plug. I think before we uh, get rid of you, it's time for Chinese Plug of the Week. 
you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you. Okay then, so <laughs> China Jedi plug. Thanks for that. My my our research team is you know in this screaming at you from the yeah. next door. No, in my earpiece here. Yeah, I was to take that out and clean it. We need some oils for but that. The listeners <laughs> didn't hear the banging on the window. Plug the week. Do we have any plugs of the week? I um, do. Where we're going for lunch today or brunch? Okay. Morning right. tea. Do you think we should go there first before we plug it? I've been there. It's lovely. Go on then, plug it. There's a, a hotel, Yindu Hotel, which is near the border between Zhuhai and Macau. A uh, big, grey, cool-looking, dark grey-looking hotel. Uh, but down in the bottom is a restaurant that does morning tea. Mm. Uh, dim sum. Lovely, delicious. Very traditional-looking decor and delicious food. So, yes, that's what Any vegetarian stuff? Thank you today, Robin. Sounds uh, wonderful. It should be. I think so. Okay, so it's your place and it's on you. Okay, my my plug of the week is uh, we should talk about this stuff, shouldn't we? Before we do it, it's also a restaurant, um, oh, okay. but this one's a bit different. It's a vegetarian restaurant, and actually, you've been there before. Remember the buffet one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's Good a buffet place. restaurant, Buddhist place, but it's you know it's not at all you know, like. In, Shut up, Chris. Um, nothing wrong with the Buddhist place. No, 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 but generally, a lot of the Buddhist places here, I think they use a lot of mock meats and mock fishes, and I really don't. I'm not too into them, and I have to say, a lot of them are. But this one's really nice. It's in the it's in the shopping mall, um, opposite the Marriott in Jidda. You know the new hotel, the Marriott. And you have to go, uh, listeners, to the McDonald's, um, which is on the ground floor. Next to the McDonald's is a lift, and you take that lift to the fourth floor. And by luck, um, maybe you'll find this restaurant. Um, I don't have the name. Actually, I did have the Chinese name. Um, I seem to have lost it, which doesn't help. Yeah, great price, cheap buffet, right? But a huge selection of all sorts of different veggie food and really good price. Very good value for money. Yeah, and it's it's good, Anthony. Yeah, I went there again the other night. Took the Avoid wife. the McDonald's next door. Yeah. yeah, but it's really good. If you, if you like vegetarian food, you're interested in t- trying something different, that is the place to go. Um, so that's that. Any plugs um, from you, Robin, at all? Um, uh, not that I can think of at the moment. You probably plugged Otero, though, haven't you? That's your... yeah, just yourself. Or... <laughs> yeah. I was thinking restaurants. Um, yeah, doTERRA, uh, they're becoming very, very well known in China. doTERRA, certified pure therapeutic grade essential oils. And they have a website. You can go on and look up their website. Yeah, there you go. Just find your doTERRA representative and get some, yeah. some oils. www.doTERRA, D-O-T-E-R-R-A dot com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think, you know, going on this, we, we have a good talk about doTERRA and uh, maybe we can set up um, some kind of event, I think, for this because it really is quite amazing, powerful stuff. I certainly love smelling this wild orange. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, moving on then. Uh, actually, one quick question. Vaping. You know these vapors that we have around, the smokers that are now doing the vaping mm. cigarettes? That's water, essentially, in there, isn't it, that's vaporising through? It's kind of different... It's like a concentrate of uh, nicotine, right? Here's my point. Can you put a drop of essential oil into a vape? And vape it. Interesting. Mm. 
Have you got any experience with that? I mean, could you do? do you could be you quite could strong, couldn't it? Yeah, it's breathing that through. directly into your lungs. You yeah. don't want to put oregano in there, would you? No, Possibly too definitely. concentrated. I think so because I mean they only have a small container. Do they? Yeah, so not not a recommendation, listeners. Do not try <laughs> do not try this at home until we've done further research. Chris will be our guinea pig. Yes, and we'll let you know the results next week, Anthony, if he's still alive. Anthony, 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 I think we need to do a vape party. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Right, it's time for, it's the, last, for the last Emperor's Song. Um, Robin, it's been lovely to have you Thank on. You. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, this, this week we're going to be promoting um, an original band from England. They're based in Plymouth. Now, actually, they're called Double Denim. This song is called Discotech, and two of the members of the band are Chelsea Orme Williams... Uh, vocals and guitar and Jake Bradshaw whose bass vocals are my cousins oh, another Blackshaw so, <laughs> uh, these, these, these guys are good <laughs> so um, it's Discotech by Double Denim uh, thanks again for being here hope you enjoyed this episode listeners yeah thank you Robin nice well, to meet you and um, have a good week everyone this is China Jedi people
Thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast, shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you.